welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to episode 8, series 1 of the Exploring Excellence podcast and I'm here this morning with Martin Gibbs, Managing Partner of Daffin's Chartered Accountants. Hello Martin. Good morning Lynn. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And thank you for hosting me in your lovely offices this morning. No problem. So, before we get started, it'd be great to find out a little bit about what you do now, apart from obviously being Managing Partner of Daffin's. Yeah, well my, my day job, yes, is as Managing Partner of Daffin's. We're probably the oldest firm of chartered accountants in Coventry and Warwickshire, founded in 1896 and still going today, uh, about mid-40s people um, within the team. And um, so yeah, my day job is a mixture of client work and running a small business, but I'm also involved with a number of other organisations. I'm on the, the board for Coventry and Warwickshire First and I'm on the place board for Coventry and Warwickshire Champions. And also this summer I took over as the, well Daffins are part of an organisation called AGN International, which is an international accounting association with members all over the world. But I'm now the regional chairman for the EMEA region of AGN International, which covers Europe, Middle East and Africa, which is 89 firms all over that region. So that's, uh, that's been um, fun with a bit of travel. Yes, um, jet setting off all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with my travelling now, I've had quite a busy autumn. Uh, but I've got no more um, no more big trips now until the summer of next year. So, yeah. And tell us a little bit about Daffin. So obviously chartered accountants, but what, what does that mean? Because I know you do a breadth of, of things. It's not just what you'd expect from a traditional accountant. So what else do you do? Yes, I mean, the, the Daffin's, people keep telling us Daffin's are a little bit odd in some ways. And I think that's odd in a good way. Um, we have a big specialism in audit and we've got a big specialism with charities and not-for-profit. Uh, we have a very strong private client uh, portfolio um, and uh, also get um, do a lot of work for small businesses and a lot of advisory work in terms of strategic advisory and helping people plan uh, where they're going next with their business. Mm, so about business growth. Business growth, growth and profit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great. And what was your background? So how did you get into doing this? Have you always been an accountant or um, did you come into yeah. it from a different route? Well, I have always been an accountant, virtually from when I left school. I uh, was born in Leamington, went to school at Leamington College for Boys, uh, which then became Binswood Hall Sixth Form Centre. Managed to mess my A-levels up. I uh, didn't get the grades I needed to go to university, so I didn't go to university. I remember the, the day I got my A-level results, uh, my dad took one look at my results and went off to work and muttered something about I needed to get myself a job <laughs> and um, went down to the careers centre and cut a long story short, by the time he got home from work I'd got a job working for a small one-man investment company in Warwick 
Uh, my mum persuaded me that whatever I was going to do in life, whether I was going to go to university or stay working, I hadn't finished doing exams. And therefore, uh, she, she suggested that I continue doing some exams to keep, uh, keep moving. So I went to Warwickshire College in Leamington to do two O-levels of all things in accountancy and law, which I was doing alongside, uh, those, those were evenings, and alongside uh, working for this little investment company. Uh, where I didn't realise it at the time, but I was hoovering up a whole load of knowledge, um, sitting in on phone calls that the director was making with investment brokers and to do with property transactions. I was also doing bits of bookkeeping and then really enjoying that. And then one day the auditors turned up from a, a firm in Warwick, uh, which no longer exists, called Kelly Wilston. And uh, David, the auditor, was na his name was. And um, at that moment, I realised what I wanted to do because I liked I liked numbers, I liked doing accounts, I liked doing bookkeeping, but the downside of the little company I was working for was I was on my own most of the time and was only stuck in one place. And here was a bloke who dealt with accounts and numbers all day long, went to a different firm every single week, met loads of people. So I then worked out what I wanted to do. So I'd been there about six months at the time. Um, with my mum's help, I went through the yellow pages applied to most of the accounting firms in Leamington, got as far as D with Daffins, um, offered a job, and, um, and that was it. So about May 82, I started at Daffins, um, and that's how I got into it, really. Wow. Yeah. And how long did it take you to get to managing partner? <laughs> um, well, it was 2007 when I became managing partner, so I started in 82, was with Daffins and through, through till 89, and then moved to another firm in Oxfordshire for 10 years, uh, managed not to burn my bridges with Daffins so that and kept in touch and then was invited back in 1999 to be uh, an associate partner and then I made equity partner two years later and then was managing partner six years after that. Mm. So a great success story from, well, yes, from it's the, the <laughs> difficult conversation you probably had to have with your father about yes, yeah. your A-level results. It all, yeah. it all turned out okay. I think what it shows actually is I... I was trying to remember last night, well, having messed my A-levels up, what grades did I actually get? And other than knowing at the time that you needed five UCA points, as they were at the time, to get to, to qualify for a, uh, for a grant, um, and I had five points, but that's all I had. Um, and there were a lot of Ds, and there might have been an E in there or something. <laughs> um, but what it does show th to me is that, um, you know, messing up your A-levels, not going to university, um, I mean, it changed the direction of my life, but it didn't actually do me any harm in yes. the long run. Yeah, yeah, it's a good message for anybody who's at that point um, in their life at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and I think these days as well, you know, you, you can always go to university as a mature student and maybe doing a bit of work and then deciding really what you want to do. As I say, for me, uh, the revelation as to what I actually wanted to do was about six, nine months after I left school when, when uh, David the auditor turned up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think many people really know what they want to do when they're at school. It's quite a hard decision, isn't it? Mm. When you've got very little really to, to base it on. And obviously careers advisors are so much better now than yes. they were probably when you and I were at school. Absolutely, but yeah. It's, it's and there's so many, so many people decision. these days doing jobs that didn't exist when they were at school. Mm. Yes. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right, <laughs> and I think that will continue to change, won't it? There there are people doing jobs now that, um, that, as you say, didn't exist then, and I think the statistic is that people will will have something like six careers in their lifetime, many of which won't exist currently. So it's it's an ever changing landscape. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So obviously, we're we're talking about exploring excellence. So, what does service excellence mean to you, and particularly in in your accountancy business? Well, this is quite a difficult one, really, because um, as chartered accountants, there's a natural expectation of of excellence. That's what being a firm of chartered accountants is all about. And we have a thing that we call the so what factor. So, you know, accountancy firms who say that they pride themselves in a partner-led service and proactive, timely advice and all this, um, that really is, that's just part of the so what. Um, so it's difficult, really. What is service excellence? For us, I think uh, it's finding ways of interpreting the complex and putting it across in a way which our clients uh, can absorb and understand. Um, and building relationships with people where our clients are comfortable taking our advice and um, acting proactively on that. Yes, and I think thinking about the work that we've done together, yes. one of the aspects I did for you was to survey some of your clients, and I'm sure you won't necessarily say this yourself on the podcast, but actually overwhelmingly positive responses back from your clients and I remember chatting to one who sounded quite disappointed that you didn't have anything negative to say. <laughs> said, well, I just can't think of anything negative, they're, they're great. Yeah, and <laughs> Everything's done on time, they're great at communicating, keeping in touch, all the important things and I think probably in a nutshell that's what service excellence is. It, it is doing the things that people expect but, but perhaps going a little bit beyond that so when you question people about the service they receive they they just are very happy with with what they get and they can't think of any ways to to improve it so that that certainly must be service excellence in yes, action I, mean, I think there were uh, there, there was uh, some very good stuff that came out of the survey that we did and as you know because you did it we did a we did a survey with some of our uh, a good number of our clients and we also did a team survey as well and the results from both uh, were were very very encouraging and um, we've we've, we've learned quite a bit from it um, and are uh, tweaking our marketing and our communication to be picking up on the on the good stuff and the stuff people want to hear, hear yeah. from us on. Brilliant and we, we chatted about some of your team there so it, it's clear that in a, in a service-based business it's it's really important to have good people delivering that service so tell us a little bit about the um, the, the great people that you have delivering that, that great service in Dathans. Yes, an accounting firm is all about people. Um, people are our biggest asset and they're the face of the firm and the relationships that our team build with clients uh, is key to everything that we do. And I've, uh, I've got a policy or had a policy for probably about the last three or four years where uh, I wanted to spend more money on coaching than on recruitment. And certainly, if I could find some wood to touch around here, um, that has been the case. And we've got virtually all of our uh, senior team working one-to-one with a number of different coaches. And it is paying dividends in that what we're trying to do is to help people be the, the best professionals they can be and develop themselves to the maximum and build interesting, challenging careers at Daffins. 
because the business is all about attracting and retaining good people and over the last few years that's certainly what we've what we've managed to do and I'm very pleased with that. So. Yes, yeah, so I think you certainly do that because you've got a lot of people who have been here for many years, haven't you, as well? So We've got a lot of people that have been here a very, a very long time, uh, and, but the, uh, the next generation of leaders within the business are naturally going to come from the people that have only maybe been with us for three, four, five, ten plus years. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that we, need, that we are investing in I mean, we've, we've always done professional training. Lots and lots of people have passed their professional exams with Daffins and qualified as certified or chartered accountants or AAT. Uh, we continue to do that. But in the past, that's largely where the people, well, there's no people training within professional exams, but that's where the people training finished. And what we're trying to do is to build a team of people with uh, a skill set that enables them to manage people and communicate and understand why people are how they are and also find the ways to maximise their performance and get the most from what they're doing and enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, really important as you say, alongside the technical skills you've got to have those because that's what people expect, but the other skills that you're talking about there are really crucial Mm. in order for people to really excel and and deliver that, that great service. It is, and I mean my generation of uh, accountants, I think it was probably maybe 10 years after I qualified before I had any soft skills training. Mm. And that was just the way, that's just the way the world was then, mm. um, that you, you, you learnt what to do or what not to do from, uh, from copying the people you worked alongside who would be generally really very good technical accountants, but maybe not people people. So. Um, but we're now working with different generations of people. I'm, uh, I'm one of the late baby boomers or maybe an early Gen X, depending on which definition you like. But now we're, uh, we're employing lots of millennials and coming into the post-millennial period. And I've become really aware that people are wired differently. Uh, they've been educated differently. Their outlook is different. And therefore, the ways that we've done things in the past don't really work anymore. So we need to be uh, keeping up to speed with modern best practice in these mm. things. So is the culture therefore changing at Athens? Oh, it definitely, mm. definitely is changing. Um, I'm sitting here today um, wearing a suit, but a, not a tie. I think I've only worn a tie maybe three times this year, whereas uh, in the past the idea of not wearing a tie at work would have been, uh, would have been really mm. frowned on. So yes, lots of things are changing. Um, but the but, but the whole the whole profession and and our clients are changing as well. So yeah, it's a it's a different world these mm-hmm. days, isn't it? So. so so what is the culture like at Athens? Well, as managing partner, I'm probably the wrong <laughs> person to ask. Um, in that I would say that, wouldn't I? But as you know from the the project that you did working yes. with um, the Athens team, uh, we did a survey of everybody, and it was a how many questions was it? Was it 50 plus questions? I can't remember now. Yeah, I think it was just over 50, yeah. yes. And we, and we got um, a very good level of engagement with the team from that. And one of the outputs, one of the many positive outputs, there was a word cloud, which I had a look at last night. And lots of words in there, positive, professional, learning, friendly, challenging, supportive, flexible and fulfilling which is all good stuff as a, as, a, as, as a business owner, 
um, in that yeah, what we are trying to do is help people develop um, friendly and supportive, flexible particularly on working hours. We don't do flexi time, but there's lots of flexibility in the time that we work. But I'm a big believer as well in challenging people, maybe not dunking their head under the water, but challenging people outside their comfort zones in a supported way. And generally, people like to be challenged mm. with the right level of support. Yes, so. yeah, you're absolutely right. And there, as you say, fantastic feedback that we got from the from the team, and and that support and flexibility yeah. is really appreciated. So that yeah. came out very strongly. So it was a it was it was a really good uh, a really good project we did together. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Excellent. And we, we talked a little bit there about clients changing and the, the world of accountancy changing generally. Um, and there are lots of initiatives out there that are going to mean that the future of accountancy is different to how it is now, particularly in terms of introducing digitisation, things yeah. like making tax digital. So how do you think you're going to be able to cope with that and, and still maintain that, that connection with your, your clients? Well, that, that is the big challenge. I said earlier on that Daffins were founded in 1896, so we're 123 years old. That is also something that goes under the, the so what factor, because there are much bigger uh, firms of accountants these days and faster growing firms of accountants that have only been formed you know, five, ten years ago, maybe even less. And it is possible uh, by using the right software and structuring the firm in, in, in the right way that yeah, 123 years of history um, is a great talking point, but is no longer uh, it's no longer a, a massive differentiating factor. But in terms of digital change, um, I'm another network that I'm part of is an outfit called MindShop, which is a, a network of mainly accountants who are uh, specialising in business strategy, growth, and profit advice. And one of my one of my friends and contacts through MindShop is an Australian advisor called Michael Burke. About two years ago, he went to Berkeley College in California and did a course there over the summer. And he came back with a statistic that he picked up in Silicon Valley, which is that if you look at a period, a 60-year period, <coughs> from, 20, sorry, from 1985 through to 2045, they're estimating that in the first 30 years, from 1985 to 2015, we've seen just 1% of the total digital change. <coughs> Sorry about that. That's gonna happen over that 60 year period. So in other words, in the 30 years from 2015 to 2045, we've still got 99% of the change to come, which wow. is a phenomenal statistic. And I was thinking back that back in 1982 when I started as a trainee, I had a hand crank adding machine on my desk and these days, I've uh, well, I've just taken delivery of a, uh, a very flashy new um, MacBook Pro 16-inch, which I'm very pleased with. But the difference between the two is just phenomenal. But that is part of the one percent of digital change, rather than the ninety-nine percent that's yet to come. And talking about this statistic to some of my colleagues, one of my partners said, "Well, you know, Martin, I think uh, that's a little bit excessive. I don't, I don't really, don't really believe that." So you think, okay, well, maybe it's not, let's just say it's not 1% and 99%. Let's say it's 10% and 90%. Let's say it's 25% and 75%. They're still pretty scary statistics. So th the reality is, you know, 
Moore's law in terms of the speed of development of, of, of technology. The, the, world is, the world is changing rapidly. NTD, as you were referring to earlier, making tax digital, has begun. It's going to be, and it, it has already been a huge change, but it's going to be a massive change coming. But that's only, that's only the, the, um, the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be huge changes coming. And um, the challenge for us is that the world of accountancy, we don't want to be, um, we don't want to be Kodak. We don't want to be one of these organizations that becomes irrelevant. So my biggest challenge is ensuring that our 123-year-old accounting firm remains relevant to our clients in 10 years' time. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the big challenge in a period of dramatic change. Mm -hmm. So key to be agile and adaptable so that you can move with that change. Absolutely. Be ahead of the curve. And I think many of the things you're doing when you talked about the various networks that you're part of yeah. will help you to be at the, at the forefront of that change as well, won't it? Well, ab absolutely. The, the project that we did with you has come up with three key themes which we're going to be building things around, um, which is uh, authentic, agile and connected. So being authentic, being true to our roots and uh, reflecting who we are. Um, agility is key and I think as a, uh, we're still a small firm, you know, somewhere between 40 and 50 people, we, we have the ability to change direction, we have the ability to adopt new technology, move quickly, fill gaps that, where clients need support. Um, and making sure we partner ourselves with the right software companies is absolutely key and it is, it is a huge challenge that really all accounting firms and all professional service firms are, are facing. Um, and the final one being connected, I'm personally a big believer in that, in that things, it's a people business and things come from knowing people, knowing the right people to introduce in the right, uh, the right situations. Um, and really with the work that we've done over the last couple of years, yeah, we, we, you know, we know lots of people within the region, but now um, we know a lot of people um, all across the Europe, Middle East, Africa, and also all, all, all around the world through, through AGN. So for a small firm, I think we're in a position where we can punch above our weight. Mm -hmm. And that is some of the key cornerstones in remaining relevant to the types of clients we've got. Mm -hmm. And I just want to circle back to what you were saying there about the the 1% and the 99% because I can imagine some people listening might be thinking, oh my goodness, I thought that was it with making Touch Digital. <laughs> I've got my VAT now online and it's all, you know, it's yep. all working. Um, and I didn't realise we'd got this huge amount of change to come. So so we don't scare people. What, what do you think people will be able to get support with to help them through that, that change? In terms of getting support, that's a good one. Mm. Um, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? Yeah. It's 99% versus 1%. It feels like we've been through a massive amount of change. And like you, when I first started, my very first position in, uh, I, was in a, I was an accounts office junior because I started okay. with AAT <laughs> and then worked my way right. through SEMA um, as well and didn't go to uni. You've escaped the world of accountancy. I didn't do A-levels, actually. I have. Um, I, I, yes, I didn't do A-levels because I got offered a job and I think yeah. the hand signs spun around in my eyes and thought, oh, great, I'll get some money. <laughs> and then carried on at night school and day release over the next six years to qualify. But anyway, 
Um, the very first job I had as, as an accounts office junior was um, one of the things I had to do was manage the cash book and it was a manual cash book. Yep. It was all written and then I had to sit with my big calculator which was plugged in so it was slightly better than your hand <laughs> version by the sounds of it. Um, I, I, after, I after a few months I did manage to um, I did manage to nab one that, that was an electric one which was that was the first technolo yeah. moving technology. But so. I remember saying to them um, oh I know how to use spreadsheet shall I Shall I turn this into a spreadsheet version? There was a lot of shaking of heads. And you, are you part of the asked. Lotus One Two Three era <laughs> yes. then? Yes, yeah, that was the best. SuperCalc was the very first. SuperCalc versus Lotus One Two Three. We're getting geeky now about accounting. We are. Stuff. And there's a there's a whole generation of us that remember our Lotus One Two yeah. Three slash commands and yes. WYSIWYG and things yeah, like that. I so. don't quite remember those now. But, uh, but you start talking yeah. to some of these young people today, <laughs> and uh, and um, they don't know what you're talking about because. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but yes, th th I mean th this is all the sort of new technology mm. wave that came through in the um, in the late eighties and early nineties. Um, but it in terms like of we've had massive change already, yes. doesn't it? So yeah. I can't quite comprehend what the ninety nine percent will look like and feel like if we've only seen the one percent so far. Well, I think anything which involves any element of manual processing is going to disappear. Uh, Daffins have partnered with. Zero, which is zero with an X, one yes. of the um, uh, new breed of accounting software businesses. And Zero is one of the first accounting products. It's a cloud-based accounting product, and uh, it's one of the first ones to have a, um, an automated bank feed. So I think one of my first jobs when I came into accountancy was spending, uh, the second job I ever did at Daffins, I spent three weeks trying to balance a manual cash book or compile a manual cash book. These days, that just doesn't exist because what we would do is to get a CSV uh, from uh, from the bank or from online banking, um, or even a bank feed, whack it into zero, cash code it up, import it into the final account software, and we're done. The idea of spending three weeks ticking and bashing a bank, a whole load of bank statements. Um, so manual processing is disappearing um, you know the, the the job of being the purchase ledger clerk or the bought ledger clerk somebody that's posting purchase invoices all day and balancing a purchase ledger that for example in every single business that is going to be a job which will no longer exist in a couple of years and in many businesses it doesn't exist now because uh, you can take take invoices and there's a whole load of um, apps that will link to virtually any accounting software where you can upload documents into the cloud and then download them into your accounting software. Yeah, that's so receipt bank straight into zero. Receipt bank, it absolutely. Virtually balances it for you, doesn't it? It's yes, and it. and that is the thing in in that we used to we used to do a lot of that sort of stuff for clients and the the whole the whole world of incomplete records accounts preparation has largely gone now because it's all about dig digitally manipulating data and correcting erroneous data. Mm -hmm. That's really what the job is about these days. But in terms of where it's all going, I mean, we've NTD has, has started for VAT returns. In a few years' time, we'll have quarterly reporting for all business, which is probably just going to be an extension of what happens with VAT. At the moment, there's, what is it, nine boxes for a VAT return, so there's probably going to be 29 boxes that are going to have to be reported on. Um, and the, the challenge is going to be uh, 
varying and changing the services we offer to our clients because they're going to be doing virtually everything that we do at the moment in-house but there's still a whole load of stuff that they're going to need professional advice on and that's the uh, that's the area that we uh, we are moving our business towards yeah. and that's why the trusted advisor status that you have with Absolutely. your clients is so important yeah. because yeah. You're right, the, the, the crunching of the numbers is no longer the thing that you'll be focused on. It's more about, well, here are the numbers. What does that mean? How to interpret that? How to, as you said, grow the business? Yep. What does that data tell us about what you're doing now, where the profits are, what's profitable, what isn't, and where you might move to in the, in the future? It's, it's not all gloom and doom mm. because the, the reality is that compliance work, which is audit accounts and tax returns, Compliance work will still exist mm -hmm. for a long period of time. Uh, elements of it will be automated, but compliance work is still going to be around. Particularly uh, people that I've met all over Europe, there's large parts of Europe where they are still very, very, very compliance focused. Whereas the UK, UK firms of accountants, the more progressive firms like Daffins, are moving more into business advice, um, strategic advice, growth and profit. and But we are, I think in the UK, we're a bit ahead of the curve with a lot of the firms across the rest of Europe um, where compliance still does rule. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's things are going to change hugely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, you know, paperless files, We've, we've, we've got a, we don't really have audit, well, we don't have audit files full stop anymore. If you, the, the days of hunting the office for an audit file and a set of audit working papers, um, they're in the cloud. Mm -hmm. So you haven't got a file that you can physically tick anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the, um, there's going to be huge changes. And for us, it's a case of working out what we need to be early adopters on and making sure we partner with the right software providers because you can't do everything but you it's very expensive if you get it wrong so um, yeah that's that's that is going to be um, our biggest challenge alongside making sure as I say that we remain relevant to our clients and that we're still in a position where we can produce great people retain great people and uh, continue to provide the service levels that we're doing at the moment. Mm. I was just about to ask you if you could provide the listeners with any tips about delivering service excellence, but I think you've wrapped it up quite well yeah. there. Is there anything well, my, extra you'd like to I think to for, for businesses today and small businesses today, um, if you're running a small business and your accounts are still on your laptop or they're on a grey box on your desk or on the floor, um, you, need, you need to change your accounting software. The world, uh, cloud software is where it's at. And every single business I know that's moved over to cloud software, not just zero, but, but cloud software in general, accountancy and the cloud work so well together. So use the cloud and find the apps that work with your accounting software that are going to make life easier. You mentioned Receipt Bank, which is a bit of a game changer. Zero have also got something called HubDoc now, which uh, um, enables you to log into various accounts, such as utility accounts and phone accounts, and it will pre-populate your accounting software with your bills. So it's actually taking 
um, processing out of the equation. And if your accounting software doesn't have a bank feed, get some accounting software with a bank feed. And generally, I think anything which is, which is involving time and effort and lots of manual input, find a better way because there is a better way. Don't overcomplicate it, don't over-engineer it. Don't try and make your accounting software do what your old system did because there will be a better way, a newer way, a more efficient way to do it. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, it's all about coming up with a set of accounts and management information as accurately and fast as you can so that you've got the information to make decisions yeah. on and run your business properly. Yes. Excellent. Great advice there. And you've also mentioned that one of your specialisms at Daffins is the charity sector. Yes. So I'm imagining it might be quite difficult for you to answer my next <laughs> question because, as you know, as a, as a listener to the podcast, yes. I always ask my guests to recommend a charity um, because we're both giving our time freely, chatting away here, and giving tips on the podcast. So is there a particular charity that either you support personally or, or Daffins uh, is, is having as their charity of the year, perhaps? Yes, well, our, our chosen charity for 2019 is Coventry Cyrenians. And we've been working with them uh, throughout the year and raising money, and that's been going very well. So, yeah, Coventry Cyrenians who are um, helping the homeless in Coventry. Um, so they're the people we worked for, worked with rather, um, in 2019. But a cause which is close to my heart, um, Alzheimer's Society and Alzheimer's Research. Having uh, um, my mother and uh, a few weeks ago, my mother-in-law passed away uh, from Alzheimer's. Oh, so, to hear that. but it's uh, a part of our generation, I think, mm, where yes. um, so many people. Um, so many people get to, get to my age, I'm 56, and if you're lucky enough to have parents around, perhaps your parents are going to be, um, be caught by the dementia trap. So um, maybe that's a charity we'll be looking to work with at some point in the future. So Coventry Cyrenians are the people we're working with this year, but uh, Alzheimer's Society is one that I'll be looking to support myself. Yeah. Great. And if people would like to get in touch with you or find out more about Daffins, where's yep. the best place for Well, we're literally everywhere. <laughs> um, we have uh, our award-winning website. I won't tell you what award it won, but it has actually won an award. Fantastic. Um, which is daffins.com. So basically, if you just Google search Daffins, you'll find us. But we're, we're obviously on the web. Um, we've got a YouTube account with quite a few YouTube videos that we've done. Uh, we're big on Instagram and Insta Stories. And we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter, so yeah, we're uh, we're hard to miss. Mm -hmm. And on LinkedIn, of course, we're hard to miss if you just uh, if you just search Daffins. Yeah, I think you're lucky enough us. to have a fairly uncommon name, aren't you? It's well, yeah. <laughs> Providing you can spell it right, so it's D A F E R N S, and if you get that right, you'll find us. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. That's been great. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Martin and I hope you did too and I hope you got lots out of it as well. I loved what he had to say about making the complex simple so that they can help their clients in the best way possible and how building relationships is absolutely at the core of what they do in their accountancy practice. And I really loved the fact that he talked about investing in their people, investing in coaching and developing people to be the best they can be so that they can maximise their performance and, of course, in turn, 
help their clients in the best way they can. And it's quite scary actually that we talked about only having seen 1% of the, of the digital change that, uh, that has happened so far. So there's another 99% to come. So it'll be fascinating to see how that unfolds over the next few decades. And um, as always, we chatted about the charities that, that Martin and Daphne support. So if you can, then please go along and support Coventry Sirenians to help with the homeless and also the Alzheimer's charity. So all fantastic charities that, uh, that hopefully you'll get behind. So a couple of things that I just wanted to mention in terms of what we're doing here at First Impressions. So we're in the thick of the planning for the Midlands Service Excellence Awards, the second uh, event that we'll be running in uh, March 2020. The closing date for entries for the Service Excellence Awards is Friday the 24th of January. So still got some time before Christmas if you're if you're lucky enough to have uh, a little bit of spare time there or if not then there'll be time in the new year. So do get your entries in. Um, there are plenty of categories that you can choose from from vertical market sectors through to things like team of the year, rising star and uh, one that I particularly love is the unsung hero. I think we've all got unsung heroes in our organisations, haven't we, who perhaps don't always get recognition publicly, certainly, but they're, they're there working away in the background, delivering uh, great service for our clients. So do consider entering the Midlands Service Excellence Awards. If you follow me on any of the social media platform, platforms, you can't fail to have seen it. So you'll see me um, certainly sharing it on LinkedIn, which is the, the platform that I, I tend to use the most. So if you need any help with that at all, then please do go along to serviceexcellenceawards.co.uk or just get in touch with me and I can help you with more information on that. So I hope, I'm sure that uh, by the next time we record a podcast, it's going to be 2020. So have a fantastic Christmas 2019 and I will look forward to catching up again with some more interesting podcasts for 2020. So take care, catch up soon. Bye-bye.